What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast. We give you the tools and insights to improve your lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation with the top minds in their fields today. Brought to you by SEAC, a global leader in lifelong learning and innovation. Check them out at seasiacenter.com. I've got all their details down in the show notes. I'm your host, Dana Blue, and in this episode is an excerpt from an interview I did with Damian Carnes, the CEO and founder of Siam Car Deal. We talk about how starting his business as a side hustle allowed him the freedom to test and validate the business model. The lessons he learned from his full-time job that helped him become a successful entrepreneur and how he's going about developing his leadership style as a first-time CEO. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. But the idea for building Siam Cardio actually came because I was trying to buy a car for my logistic job. Okay. As a sales guy, I needed a car to travel and visit customers. Yeah. And I found it really hard to find any resources in Thailand to buy a new car. Really? And that's how I got the idea for Siam Cardio, because <laughs> I looked in other countries, especially in France, and I'm like, wow, there's all these platforms with all these promotions, and there was nothing in Thailand. So I just decided to build it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. And so you got into the space, right? You're like, let me build this platform. But you started as a side hustle. Yeah, so I tried to build it, build a prototype, and see if there was really a demand for it. Because mm. I thought there might be a reason why there is no platform. Maybe there was no need for it. Mm. But after trying and pitching it to, to a few of the automotive uh, manufacturers, I found that they were actually interested and decided to launch full-time about two years ago. Uh, and so... You got some traction as a side hustle. Now, did you have paying customers when you launched it, or was you, were you just seeing the, the traction? We, we launched without any customers, uh, just trying to get traffic on the platform. Okay. And with some good SEO uh, yeah. and uh, no marketing budget, we still managed to generate leads. Now, But, but you had paying customers when you left your job. Exactly. So, so after we started to, to see a bit of traction, we had non-paying customers, and we asked them, and now you have to pay if you want the leads, and a few of them said yes, and I'm like, okay. I think we're onto something. Yeah, that, that's a very m- kind of mature decision to make that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, early, especially first-time entrepreneurs, many younger than you were when you started, will take an idea and they'll jump right in, go all in with their very first idea ever, no market validation, uh, not applying any design thinking to really work out the concept. They just go all in. And then when it fails, th- they're heartbroken and, and they don't understand why it they failed. don't understand <laughs> why so w- what was it that kind of sparked that idea in you to say let me validate this market first see what's going on and then decide if it's a business or if it's just not worth it so there's a, a couple of things uh, when you work in the corporate so my company was a 10 billion dollar company it's so a little bit large you cannot do more corporates with all the office politics and all the processes and, and all of that so you pretty much as a confined to following the company's procedures yeah so that's what i learned that this is this can be a good thing mm-hmm. if you apply it properly um, but also it teaches you to be really careful when you do mm. things you not rush you that's just when you work long time in the corporate that's just uh, how you become as a person you just become a bit corporate i guess and soulless no uh, i'm just kidding that, that's why i had to leave bec- <laughs> before i became completely soulless yeah, and it, it, it can happen I, I worked for a major telecom for almost a decade and yeah you know, i was on my way to being soulless because they had a culture that didn't really help people it didn't make people better 
And one of the things that I, I think sets great companies apart is, is culture. You know, you have a solid culture at the company and, you know, it can thrive at any size. True. So th the second thing is I was working in sales and as a sales manager, I was working based on commission, based on making money. Mm -hmm. If I was selling stuff that was not making money, I was not making money. Gotcha. So I was always in this mindset, even when I started my company, I was not trying to be uh, burning money just in marketing and just getting mm. revenue. I was more focused on how to build a sustainable business. Mm. Therefore, I looked at the product market fit to make sure there was real demand for the product. Now, I, I think the sales background is one of the most undervalued things for an entrepreneur. In, in my experience, you know, if you, if you can't sell, you're going to fail as an entrepreneur because no one builds a product that's just so amazing that you don't have to sell it. People just come to it. You know, you there, there's always some aspect of selling behind a, a good entrepreneurial venture, and I've known, I, I especially me, I, I struggled with the sales part early on. My first couple of ventures, 20 years ago, I, I didn't know anything about sales, and I thought, oh, this is so great, I love it, everyone will love it, and that's never the case. But you see that even today, people who are getting into it for the first time that don't understand sales struggle. I think you coming from a sales background in the automotive space, in logistics, really helped move along the idea, I guess, of Siam Car Deal. Yeah, it did. And uh, definitely one thing I learned about the processes, having good, strong processes in place mm. to manage your team uh, is very important and is part of why we have been successful. And also, I think you have to sell your business if you want any investors to be interested in your business, you For also sure. have to sell it, be selling all the time. So yeah, definitely it was a, a, a big help. Sure. Let's talk about that, that managing the team for a bit, because this is your first time as an entrepreneur. And we were chatting a little bit before the show. You know, being having been there myself, and you're, you're quite large now. You're up to 15 people, yeah, correct. including 15. you and your partner. Yes. Uh, that's bigger than any company I've ever actually started, sold, or, or failed. It, uh, most I've got to is about 10 or 12. It's a lot of work. And one of the things that you don't learn not being an entrepreneur is how to be a real leader, right? Unless you happen to be in an organization that values that type of training, like you never get that. So wh what have you done you know, since starting Siam Cardale to try to craft your own leadership style within the company. So luckily, I also happen to have a very good co-founder okay. uh, who is Thai and also has a lot of experience. Uh, she worked in Central, yeah. uh, Burberry, like big brands before, as brand manager, has a lot of experience in management as mm. well. So we have a good mix at the top to manage our team together. Yeah. So we've tried to build this mix of having European standards in terms of processes and quality of service mm -hmm. while having this part of the Thai culture that's a little bit more of a family uh, oriented workplace having yeah. a fun atmosphere to work in uh, people enjoying to be together and our employees are they are going out to the movies together uh, after work so uh, you've got a really close-knit group of, of people correct that can be a double-edged sword a bit because yeah, for sure. if, if someone comes in uh, you recruit someone and they don't fit in that group Mm. Uh, then it can be difficult for them and they'll feel left out and they, they're going to leave. Yeah. So you have to be sure that the groups, the family is not uh, too inclusive and not too, mm. 
uh, or recruits, if you <laughs> at 15 people, that's kind of easy to manage. But once you start to get a little bit bigger, that that type of culture becomes much more difficult to scale. And it, it takes a strong leader as a CEO or COO in the company to be the person to sort of set the, the tone, right? Uh, have you thought about like how you're going to go about crafting your style of leadership? You're going to be more Elon Musk. You're going to be more <laughs> Steve Jobs. What, what, what are you thinking? I, I don't really know how they manage on a daily basis. <laughs> but uh, what I know is that my style is more of uh, lead by example yeah. because I feel that's the way that people will respect you in Thailand uh, and in, in Asia in general. You have to earn the respect. Mm. You respect is not given because you are the CEO. No, Your position sure. doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, there was a good saying from from someone um, that said, uh, "They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care." You know, it's cr uh, I you met Kay on the way in here. Yeah. She actually was was just talking about that quote with me on uh, on one of the podcasts. She works with a lot of executives and a lot of leadership, helping them. You know be better leaders, be better executives, better managers. And she said that exact quote, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And it, it, it's so true that it, it, it's such a powerful, powerful statement. When I had never heard it before she said it to me, and I had to actually like stop for a minute and, and let it kind of sink in because it's so true. If you don't care about people who you're, you're leading, you're not going to be leading them for long. Correct. And I think you really have to show them the way because mm. uh, that's the thing about Thailand. Once they believe in what you're selling in a way, uh, in, in, in what type of company you want to build, they are going to follow you to the end. For sure. And then you'll have a team of strong, loyal soldiers to help you build that. Yeah, people so who believe in the core values, the mission. Uh, exactly. So that, that's that's the way we are trying to do. It. Easier said than done. Yeah. Right. But at <laughs> least that's that's where we're trying to head uh, with our management style. You've been listening to the Self Disruption Podcast, brought to you by SEAC. To find amazing resources on lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation, you can check them out at seasiacenter.com, as well as their links in the show notes. And for more great conversations like this one, you can find our archive at selfdisruptionpodcast.com.